Welcome to the Mental Dietitian Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Lynch-Potter, just a guy who's trying to live a great life and learn the best way to live it. This show is for the everyday human being that feels exactly how I feel, and every week I'll be bringing you weekly episodes on how to get better mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically, and financially, so you can have a great mental diet. Welcome to episode 62 of the Mental Dietitian Podcast. I want to say sorry to you guys, I missed last week's episode, I was traveling, and then it's funny, even when I start saying this, I'm like, excuses. I have such a, I have to have such a uh, strong internal dialogue sometimes. But I'll tell you the truth, this is what happened. I left my laptop charger, which is what I record on this, in Italy. And I also had a computer at home, which I was like, you know what, I'm going to fire up the computer that computer didn't work. I took it to Geek Squad, which is at Best Buy, to try and get it fixed. Still haven't got it back yet. And yesterday I realized that Lexi's Android charger actually charges the computer. So here I am recording after a week of missing an episode. I'm back with episode 62. I'm sorry. It's the first time I've ever missed one. It's never going to happen again. There's things that I could have done. There's always things that you can do. And that's a that's where the internal dialogue comes from, is that there's so many people in this world that make excuses for things. And they're like, oh, well, I couldn't have done that. It's outside of my control. And I think that that's bullshit. Most things you can control in some way or form. Not necessarily control. Maybe that's the wrong word. Most things in your life you have either contributed to by doing something or contributed to by not doing something. It's funny. It leads me into the topic for today. And the topic for today, I I Googled it before I even got on this podcast. I said, what are the top 10 things people struggle with? And it gave me nine, sorry, top nine things people struggle with. So, Health problems is number one. Number two is mental health issues. Number three is overcoming trauma. Number four is processing feelings. Number five is finding work-life balance. Number six is feeling empty. Number seven is starting and maintaining friendships. Number eight is failure of any kind. And number nine, career and financial pressures. So going back to you either contribute You either allow or create everything in your life. And allowing is basically not doing something. So, for example, if somebody gets diabetes in their 50s or 60s, they're like, well, I don't know how this happened. It's like, well, you possibly, this is me being polite, you possibly created it by eating and drinking like crap for the past 40 years. Possibly. Maybe. Or people that, a lot of men do this, they get some kind of health issue or some kind of complication, and then they are supposed to follow up with a doctor about it, but then they don't, then all of a sudden it's gotten much worse. It's like, well, that is the example of what you do not do in your life will also contribute to things. It's funny, the number one concern that most people face is health issues. And it's so true. It's like 
if if you've ever been sick, which pretty much every single one of you guys have, or if you had a sore throat, I've had some bad sore throats before where you're like, man, I would do anything right now to go back to my normal throat that doesn't feel like I'm swallowing razor blades. And it's like in those moments where we're struggling with our health, all we want, we don't want money. We don't want a Ferrari. We don't want a Louis Vuitton bag. We don't want to go traveling. We don't want anything except to go back to feeling healthy. So that's why, in my opinion, health is wealth. And real quick, just a question to ask yourself, what are you not doing right now that you think is damaging your health? And what are you currently doing that you need to stop doing, which is potentially damaging your health? I'll just sit with that one for a bit. What are you currently not doing, which is damaging your health long-term, 10, 20, 30, 40 years from now, you look back on it and be like, I wish I did that more. I'll go first. What am I not doing right now? I am not stretching as much as I should. And uh, used to be the answer used to be I'm not doing as much cardio, but I do a lot of jujitsu, I do a lot of kickboxing, and that's cardiovascular training. And I'm I'm going to start maybe incorporating a run once a week just so I'm healthy and fit in every single aspect of life. I want to be able to run, jump, wrestle, kick, punch, lift. I want to be able to jump, like do everything. So that's me <clears throat> now. What is something that I am currently doing, which is damaging my health? For me, honestly, nothing, which is a really cool thing to realize. I used to vape at work about a year ago. I vaped for a couple of months. I don't know why I did that. It was very addictive. I did it for about two or three months, and I was like, what the hell am I doing? Stop doing that. I've cut out energy drinks. I... I'm cutting out as much seed oils out of my diet as I possibly can. Um, I'm having more of a fruit and meat-based diet and some vegetables like and some mushrooms and things like that and sweet potato. But for me, those are my answers. Highly recommend you take some time to figure out what your answers are. Now, going back to number two, mental health issues. Well, if you've been on this ride for me at any point and you've listened to more than one episode, this is pretty much all I talk about. Number two and three, mental health issues and overcoming trauma. It's kind of my thing. It's what I like talking about. So, and processing feelings. Number four, I've talked about all of this. So if you want some more answers about that, go back and listen to the last 61 episodes with myself and my guests. And there's a lot of things that I've said and a lot of things that my guests have said, which would really help you with that. But again, ask yourself those questions like, what are some things that I am currently not doing, which is maybe contributing to not having the best mental health? That could be going back to exercise. It could be some exercise. It could be not doing therapy. It could be not it could be avoiding feelings, whatever it may be. And then what are you currently doing, which is maybe contributing to mental health issues? It could be 
relationships that you know aren't healthy. It could be a work environment that you know isn't healthy. It could be relationships um, with friends, family, your spouse, things that are said or not said. There's a lot to unpack there. And basically that, that could be applied for the number two, three, and four, which is mental health, mental health issues, overcoming trauma, and processing feelings. I kind of put those all in the same category because that's really what it is. That's really what it is. Finding work-life balance is number five. Let me just say something. If you are going after something, something big, you're building a business, you're pursuing a career, you're pursuing being a doctor, a lawyer, an accountant, you are pursuing a sales career, initially, you will not have work-life balance. If you want to achieve anything great, you're not going to have this balance. It's impossible because if you had this balance, you'd just be like everybody else. Like if you want to be a professional athlete, there's no balance. You're going to be utterly obsessed to the point where people think you're a little bit insane. Look at people that have achieved anything great. A lot of people have been like, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? What you are doing, I feel uncomfortable watching what you were doing. You make me feel uncomfortable by going and working so much and doing so much. But you can't do that forever. I've spoken about this before. You can't work 20 hours a day for 40 years straight. You have to, like, that's that's weird. That's strange because, I mean, if you really want to, but if somebody's doing that, it's like you're wasting your whole life pursuing this thing that you may never get to enjoy. And then you have to be like, why am I doing it in the first place? But when... Most people, to be honest, in society, don't want to achieve being a billionaire, a millionaire. They might say they do, or they they might, yeah, they might say that they do, but they're not, they don't really want to do it. They don't really want it. Most people just want to live a happy, healthy life, spend time with their family. So this work-life balance thing, it's important for 95% of society, but for the 5% of people that don't want that, you have to understand you will not have balance. But the work-life balance thing is like, what does that mean to you? What, what are you? What are you not doing right now, which if you started doing, would bring more happiness, more joy to your life and create that balance feeling? A lot of people think that it's strictly just time. It's like, oh, well, if I work 40 hours a week, I have to take off 40 hours a week and, and do that. That may not necessarily be true. It's about what you do in your time, an hour with your children, not on phones, maybe playing out in nature or going for a walk with your spouse. That one hour could balance out an eight-hour day at work. Mentally, you could feel that and it could rejuvenate you and give you exactly what you need. So what are you not doing right now that if you did more of, or you know that if you incorporate more of this into your life, it will create more of a balanced feeling in this work-life balance perspective? And what are some things that maybe you should stop doing? should stop doing. Maybe stop doing that over time. If you're on a salary and you're always going to be on a salary, why are you working massive amounts of overtime? Why? That's my opinion. People are like, oh, well, I want to be valued at the company. Cool. I get it. 
But if you're always going to be on a salary and everybody you work with is on a salary, I don't see the point of killing yourself working crazy amounts of overtime when John, who's next to you, gets paid the same as you. To be like, oh, but I want to be a manager one day. It's like, yeah, okay. Just if it's if it's not creating a balanced feeling in your life and you, you it doesn't feel like you're going anywhere, you're just kind of grinding away. Reevaluate that, especially if it's not if it's causing you suffering. If it's not causing you suffering, keep doing it, dude. That's fine. Like whatever, whatever you want to do. It is your life. But that work-life balance, again, ask yourself that question. What am I allowing to continue and what do I need to stop doing to create more of this feeling of balance, whatever that means to you? Number six, feeling empty. I take this as not having a passion or purpose or a direction that you are going in. Yeah, I I don't know, though. It says number six, feeling empty. Feeling empty, yeah, is usually a feeling of like a lack of direction, a lack of purpose, a lack of it's kind of like a ship in the middle of the ocean with no port to sail to. It's like, well, where do I go? Why Why am I here? And I think your purpose is not something that you seek outside of yourself. It is something that you have to do inner work to reveal within yourself. A lot of people are like, oh, I want to go find my purpose. I think that it's more of a remembering. I think that whatever your purpose is, is more of a remembering of what brought you joy in the past. That's what I think. And that's my experience with what purpose is. It's more of a, it's not an adding on. It's more of a subtracting of the things that you are doing in your life, which are not they are not tied to your true self. And a lot of us have these things. It's like unveiling the onion that you created to reveal that the true self and the true purpose was there all along. You were just masking it with pursuits and ventures and things that you thought were the right thing to do, but might not necessarily be tied to you and what, you are truly here for and what you're truly meant to do. That's my two cents on that. Number seven, starting and maintaining friendships. This is so important. And they've done studies that the number one determining factor of whether or not you are going to die younger than somebody else is not your health. It's not what you eat. It's not any of these things. It's a feeling of loneliness. I've done studies on older people, and the biggest thing that really contributes to an early death is the feeling of loneliness. We are social beings. We are in community for a reason. We want to have friendships and connections for a reason. So starting and maintaining friendships. This can be hard, especially if you're a little bit older. If you're like 30, 30 plus and you don't go to bars and clubs and things like that, it can be difficult. My piece of advice is join some kind of group of something, whether or not that's, it's in my opinion, because I'm biased, is it's something to do with physical activity. You could join a CrossFit club. You could join a gym. 
You could join a jujitsu club, something where it's a positive environment where people are doing things to better themselves. And I, I, I really think that that is something to do with physical activity. It's they're trying to better themselves. It could be a pickleball team or like a pickleball court. I got a pickleball court right near my house and it's jam packed with people like 50 plus. They've got a big community around it and they take it really serious. They have tournaments. There's a lot of people there sometimes and they, they probably are all friends and they look forward to that. And that can start and maintain friendships, which, which can blossom into something really deep and meaningful. And that's so important for people, all human beings, no matter what age you are. It's so important to have those meaningful connections, especially as we get older. Number eight, failure of any kind. Either win or you learn is a perspective that I heard from John Maxwell in my early 20s and... I, I just, that's the way I live. It's like, if something goes wrong and I've had so many failures, I've done so many dumb things. I've fucked up so many things in my life, but there's always a lesson. And if you choose to see life that way, the lessons will reveal it to you. But if you tell yourself, I'm a loser, I'm a failure, I fucked up. Then of course you won't see the lessons because you're not looking for them. Wherever you are right now, if you're staring at a blank wall, this isn't going to help. If you're driving around, if you're going on a walk, or if you're if you're doing anything where you can see more than just a blank wall, and there's things around you, there's items, there's a stapler, there's a, there's cars, there's trees, there's plants, whatever. I want you to do this exercise. I want you to look around for everything right now that is green. Anything around you, look around. What's that? Is that green? Is that pillow green? Is that car green? Is that tree over there green? What is it? Is your phone cover green? You got green stuff in the fridge? Whatever it is, look around for everything that is green. Now, how many things did you see that were red? Well, none, because you weren't looking for it. You're looking for the green items. If you are looking for the lessons in your failures, they will, you'll find them. If you see them as failures and you think failures are a personality or they're tied to your character and you don't see them as an event that can be learned from, then it's very hard to see those lessons. So look around for the lessons. They're there. They will help you become better. A baby who's learning how to walk doesn't give up because they can't walk and think, you know what? I'm going to continue crawling. This walking thing's just not for me. I don't think this is for me. I, I don't think it's just a sign from the universe that I'm not supposed to walk. Anyway, number nine, last one, cap it off here. Career and financial pressures. I felt that. We've all felt that. Career and financial pressures. I honestly think that if you're doing the other eight things, the career and financial pressures will be mitigated because if you're being true to yourself, you're going to pursue a career that feels meaningful to you. The financial pressures, if you are dialed in with your health, if you're dialed in with other things, you won't accept 
a certain amount of financial compensation because you'd be like, you know what? I'm worth more than this. I've done this, this, and this. I'm confident who I am. And I, I, I believe this, that how much compensation, how much abundance, whether or not it's financial, relational, physical, spiritual, any, any way, how much abundance you are creating in your life is directly tied to how much you think you are worth and how much you love yourself. So somebody who's making $10 an hour and is consistently making $10 an hour for the last 10, 20 years, it's a self-image issue because I can guarantee you they're not happy with that. They probably can't survive on that. They probably can't eat healthy foods on that. They're buying crappy foods, living in crappy neighborhoods, driving crappy cars. It's hard. It's a hard life. And there's a part of them that probably believes that's all they're worth. So the more you elevate your worth by doing these other things, by consistently exercising, by looking after your mental health, by having great relationships, by having positive people that want to be better around you, it'll elevate your self-image and you'll be like, you know what? I'm not worth $10 an hour. I'm worth much more than that because it's not about the money. It's about what kind of life do you think that you deserve and we live in a financial system where money creates that life. It creates that safety. It's a tool. And if you if you think you're worth $10 an hour, then you are in this system that we're living in. But if you think that you're worth so much more than that and deserve a life that is amazing and full of abundance and you want to gulp on life, you don't just want to take little tiny sips and you want to experience all the things that life can provide, then I think that that will help alleviate these career and financial pressures. They're always going to be there. And it's part of growth. Look at a look at a caterpillar. It has to break through the chrysalis. I think that's what it's called. It has to break through to become a butterfly. You have to have pressure at times. There's pressure. There's ebbs and flows. There's seasons in life. But... As long as you believe that you are worth more and you are the butterfly, then go be the butterfly. <laughs> so hope this helps, guys and girls and whatever you identify as. I don't know these days. People. Hope this helps. And like again, like I said before, sorry I missed an episode last week. It will not happen again. And I love you guys, and I hope you got some value from this podcast. It was fun talking about it, and I look forward to talking about these subjects for many, 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 many more episodes. Talk to you next week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Mental Dietitian Podcast. If you found any value at all, please share this with a family member or a friend or just a guy or a gal walking down the street, just anybody at all if you feel like it could help them and benefit them from the conversations we're having. It would mean the world to me if you could also leave a review. It helps grow the show. It helps the algorithms. And I also do love connecting with my listeners. So please reach out to me on social media. The best way to get a hold of me is through Instagram. And my Instagram handle is Aaron Lynch Potter. And that's spelled A-H-R-E-N-L-Y-N-C-H-P-O-T-T-E-R. Thank you so much once again.